Welcome to Giant Cocktails, a podcast where lifelong fans talk about the San Francisco Giants while drinking homemade cocktails. And now, here's your hosts, Ben and Matthew Henry. Welcome back to another episode of Giant Cocktails. I am your host, Matthew Henry. Ben is on assignment this week uh, in Reykjavik, Iceland, if I recall. Um, I'm sure he's drinking whatever the locals drink there, and we'll hear about that next week. Uh, But this week, uh, we have a guest uh, from the Thompson to Clark podcast. Uh, We have our good friend Garrett, Double G, in the house. Garrett, welcome. I have some uh, major shoes to fill here with uh, with Ben being gone. Wow. No, I, I really love it. You guys have done my podcast with Brad and I. And even when Brad and Brad was out, you guys did it. So I really appreciated that. I wanted to return the favor and then come do this show. Well, thank you. Thanks for being here. Uh, we'll definitely get into some things with Brad, but first, let's give a little rundown of kind of what's happened since uh, since we last recorded. Uh, today is Wednesday, June twenty second. We are actually recording before the Wednesday night game, and uh, which is uh, a little unusual, but uh, it was the only time that Brad and I, or I'm sorry, Garrett and I could uh, get together. So, so we're we're doing it in the mid afternoon. We'll hopefully be done maybe by the time the Giants take the field. And uh, so in the last week. The Giants uh, were three and two in that time, uh, with a record now of thirty-eight and twenty-nine. Uh, they are tied with Atlanta as of today for the uh, second and third wild card spots uh, and third in the National League West. And uh, they were two and one against the Pirates. Should have gone three and zero, in my opinion. <laughs> uh, and then with Atlanta, uh, one and one so far in a four-game series. Uh, the bats broke out big time yesterday um, and needed every almost every run. Of of those uh, of that 12 to 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 get the win but uh yeah so uh, garrett i got a question for you um what injury would you rather have if you're a giants pitcher lower back pain or a tired shoulder so i'm not a giants pitcher but i actually have both injuries (laughs) and uh, brad and i were talking as we recorded yesterday while the game was going by the way brad and i have this gimmick where Whenever we record while the Giants are playing, the Giants always win. So we may have to start figuring out to, to set our schedule around that because we recorded I, I during so. the game and they won. But I was at the Warriors parade on Monday. went with my son and his friends and his, and his uh, significant other. And about, you know, oh, the, the parade is just you're just standing and, and waiting for stuff to happen for three hours or whatever it was. By a, about a half an hour in, my lower back started to tighten up and I was thinking, I was like, why? Like, what is the reason? I wasn't doing anything active. We, <laughs> all we did was walk. You know, we walked maybe a, a, a mile-ish to get to where the parade was. And I was just standing there and my lower back decides to tighten up. And I was like, I told Brad, I was like, of all the old guy injuries to have, getting lower back tightness while waiting for the parade to start is like, the upper echelon of old guy injuries. Also, I do have a, a, a sort of a, a messed up right shoulder just from playing baseball. I, I played hardball and city ball leagues up until I was about 29. So there's lots of wear, there's lots of wear and tear on my body because of that. But so I do have like an achy right shoulder. And I will tell you, this is probably because I've lived with this achy right shoulder for all of these years. It is much more pleasant than lower back tightness. Lower back tightness feels like your back's going to spasm at any point. And if anyone has had back spasms, you know, that is like one of the more painful injuries that, you know, it, it doesn't last the whole day. But for that, like that 10 minutes when you, you spasm and you can't get rid of it. Oh, it's so painful. I would rather have the achy right shoulder 100 times out of 100. All right. Yeah, I I have, uh, I too know what you're talking about with this lower back pain. Um, yeah, it's, uh, there are times where, uh, you know, through, 
you know, through the, I, I'm a track coach uh, in my my volunteer hours and spend a lot of time standing around at track meets. And by the end of the day, my lower back is usually really tight and uh, and can't bend over real well. And uh, yeah, it's just not a pleasant feeling. And and it just it just it sticks with you for a while. It doesn't really let go. And so I, I I'm with you. I think the the tired shoulder is definitely the way to go. At least you can kind of you know, just ignore that a little bit. I don't think you can really ignore a, a lower back injury. But the, the, the reason that I bring this up is that the Giants have been, uh, I, I marvel at their creativity to create room on their 26-man roster and and the injury list creativity in particular. And and it's always fun to see what, what new creative way or what injury some reliever is going to have to all of a sudden, you know, end up on the IL. And, you know, uh, Alvarez this week, I think, had the lower back, you know, a malady. Uh, so just... Uh, I, you know, Farhan and, you know, they play within the rules, but boy, I feel like they, they, they go right up against the, the rules there uh, every time. I mean, yesterday, if anybody got hurt who was pitching yesterday, they should have been on the injured list for whiplash because those <laughs> balls were just flying out of the park. But it is, you know, it, it's, it's the, it's the one thing that, and, and this happens in, in all sports. You know, we see it in, in, you know, when you're trying to create roster room, you get really creative. Now, some athletes will probably tell you, look, we play through so many things. We could be on the injured report, like, every game. Like, especially, you know, you, I was mentioning the Warriors, but, you know, they have the playoffs, and the playoffs are, uh, you know, I think Boston played 22 games or whatever during the playoffs. And yeah. you, like... I'm I'm sure everybody on that team could have said, yeah, you know, my ankle hurts or, oh, you know, yeah, my, my knee's kind of sore. And, and, you know, with, with these athletes, I'm like, imagine, uh, you know, Camilo Duvall, who seems to pitch like every game. I'm sure that guy could be like, yeah, you know, my elbow kind of hurts, but it's just sort of what I am. And I'm, you know, 22 years old or whatever. And, and so I can deal with it, but it it is it is a very creative thing that they've been doing and especially and I'm sure we're going to talk about this in just trying to create space for guys who are they can't really say that they're injured anymore cuz you know they've extended you know there's uh, you know there's Wade and then I know Duggar's going to expire because he's been playing in AAA so yeah they're going to have to find some more ways to make room here absolutely and yes we are going to get into that but first uh, we we got an important part here on Giant Cocktails. We gotta we gotta check in with what we're uh, what we're drinking. So Bob, why don't you hit me up? What are you drinking, Matthew? Well, Bob, today I am drinking a coffee old fashioned. And and I was reminiscing. I think the last time that I was on the 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 Thompson to Clark, I, I brought an old fashioned mainly because I know you guys like your whiskey, yes, and and your bourbon, and and uh, so I I decided to go with. Uh, oh, I've been playing around with Mister Black coffee liqueur lately, hmm. and if you haven't tried that coffee liqueur, it is unlike. Uh, anything like Kahlua and all that. It's got a little, it's definitely got the more coffee flavor, but just enough sweetness to kind of, you know, balance out the the coffee. It's got a lot of caffeine in it. So, you know, definitely be careful with that. Uh, but I've been playing around with it. And and uh, this particular cocktail has, actually, I, I went I went a little bit, I knew I was going to be talking for a while. So I, I, I did an ounce and a half of rye whiskey and an ounce and a half of the black, Mr. Black coffee liqueur. And then a couple dashes of the Aztec chocolate bitters and a couple dashes of orange bitters. And then I expressed a little orange oil on top. And, uh, you know, it's uh, very nice. It's uh, got that kind of coffee kick, but the rye and the the spiciness of the rye kind of comes through at the end. And, um, yeah, it's nice to kind of mix up the old fashions and kind of find new ways to to do it. And, you know, some some of the old fashioned recipes I saw with this, uh, the coffee liqueur, you know, calls for additional uh, simple syrup. Uh, but I don't think you need it. I think the, uh, the 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 coffee liqueur is sweet enough to to handle the rye, and you still want to taste some of that bite. So I, I didn't add any uh, any simple syrup. So that is what I'm drinking today. Can I ask you a question about that real quick? Oh sure, absolutely. Before we go to what I'm drinking, so yeah, where do you stand with the gimmick of like I think there's like a Jameson cold brew whiskey, and like I've tried it, and I'm like. Mm. I don't know if those two tastes necessarily mix well, but what you're describing 
it sounds like with the other ingredients, you're creating something that probably mixes a lot better than what I've tasted with, you know, these flavored whiskeys and such. Yeah. You know, I, I tend to stay away from the flavored whiskey. The only flavored whiskey that I, that I will drink is the screwball peanut butter whiskey, because sometimes, I mean, that's a little fun. You could do some different things with that. You know, you can actually do like a peanut butter and jelly old fashioned actually, uh, uh, which is kind of fun. Uh, but, uh, so I tend, I tend to stay away from those just because you, why, why you can totally create similar, uh, taste profiles with, with high end liqueur Mm -hmm. and, and, uh, and, and spirits. So yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily ever really bother with those. Um, same with like the, the, um, the citrus vodkas and things like that. I mean, you can, you can add citrus to your vodka. You don't sure, need to, in, sure. you know, to infuse that. I just, I feel like there's, uh, there isn't really a reason to do that. So I tend to stay away from that. I'm going to spend my money. It's going to be on the good stuff. And, uh, and then I'm going to mix that good stuff together. What about you? What do you, do you like the, uh, mixed liqueurs and, and, and spirits? So I have mostly stayed away from anything mixed because I'm not, uh, I don't like added sugar to stuff and I'm not sure what has a lot of sugar and what doesn't because a lot of that stuff is not on labels when it comes to alcohol. Mm. So any sort of like, you know, I would say, you know, I don't know, five to 10 years ago, there was like this big thing about Ciroc vodka and it was like every color of the rainbow that you could possibly (laughs) buy of Ciroc vodka. But to me, I was like, oh, so they just added sugar to it. Like, that's not why I necessarily drink, right? I don't drink to add even you know add more sugar or more calories or whatever to to the drink so i stay away from all that stuff and some of it is just because i don't know i don't really know what's in it like if like there there was a label and it was like oh yeah there's just a bare a tiny bit of sugar then maybe i'll be i'd be into that but i just don't know so i kind of stay away and just go straight with stuff that makes sense i uh yeah i agree i think that uh the more you you stick to kind of the 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 essence of the spirit, I think the better. And there's so many good different types of spirits out there. I mean, just within a bourbon or a rye or whatever that you know different proofs and and different mashes and you know barrel aging and all that. I mean, you don't need to go with these gimmick stuff. You know, go yeah. with the good stuff. Hundred percent agree. Well, and with that, so I know you're drinking something, Bob. Why don't you ask Garrett what he's drinking? What are you drinking? All right, Bob, I'm not as legitimate as Matthew when it comes to these these cocktails because, like I said, I'm mostly just a straight bourbon, straight whiskey, ice, no ice, maybe a little bit of lemon or something here and again, and you know, and water. I, I love to add water to things. I think sometimes water brings out the flavor even more. But because Matthew said he was having a form of an old-fashioned, I remembered – that a couple weeks ago, gosh, maybe it's been even three weeks ago, I was at the grocery store, and I noticed that the Bullet brand has pre-made cocktails in bottles now. So Correct. there are two. There's two that I that I saw. One was uh, an old fashioned, and one was a Manhattan. Now I bought both of them. Now this kind of goes back against what I was saying about sugar. I, I'm sure there's sugar in these things, and I just, but just the coolness factor of like, oh. This is really cool. Like you get four or five different, uh, four or five cocktails in a bottle for twenty bucks or less or whatever it was. Now I'm sure it's a lot different than Matthew making his own stuff, but I had to try it just because it was like you know Brad and I like to try different stuff on on our show. Sure. And so I tried it, and I will say it is a little bit too sweet for me. So how I kind of counterbalance that is I just shoot some water in it just to you know to make it less less sweet and i like the i like the way that the the water brings out the flavor like i said so it it, it works for me but nice. uh, but yeah yeah it's 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 a really cool little gimmick like if like some of my friends are like yeah you know the reason why i don't drink a lot of cocktails is because of the prep and there's a there's a making it aspect and there's some preparation and there's some time and they're like this is perfect because i can just pour it and you get, you know, you get, like I said, four cocktails in a bottle or whatever, and you don't have to worry about the prep time. So that's what I have. And I don't drink old fashions on a regular basis, but when I cut it with the water, uh, it does, it is, it is very tasty and I don't feel like it's overly sugary. Nice. I, I thought you said, I thought you were going to say that you added more bourbon or rye to the, I, to I it. could, I could have definitely done that for sure. <laughs> that That's actually a great idea. Actually. I didn't even think about that because I was thinking 
like they you know they have their own blend and i was like i don't want to screw with their blend i'll add a little bit of water to so it's not so sweet but that's actually a great idea is to add a little bit more you know if you if you have a bullet bourbon or a bullet rye on and just pour a little bit in that i think yeah that would be really good yeah well and i think yeah these these canned cocktails are becoming more and more prevalent i think on the market and and some of them are better than others i think you know there's a lot of craft distilleries that are doing their own you know canned uh, here in sonoma county where i live there's a few that are kind of you know locally produced and you know i've tried them and, and they are they are in a pinch they're they're quite good i think that um you know, I prefer the the making of my own, but I could see if you're out at the beach or you know you're at a you know some a tailgating at at at, uh, at Oracle or something, then maybe <laughs> you know maybe that's the good time to break those out. So definitely have a place for them, and yeah, you're starting to see more and more of them everywhere. Yeah, it's trendy, and you know I'm sure it's it, it's an easy buck for for these companies, but I do hope some form of it sticks around because uh, I think I think there's a healthy market for it, and it'll get people away from the all those uh, seltzer whatevers that were out there, the Trulies and, and whatever, all that stuff. Is. The White Claws. And yeah, the- <laughs> there you go. Drink something a little bit more, uh, you know, a little bit more pride there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I agree with you. All right. Well, that sounds like a nice cocktail. Let's uh, let's talk some baseball. And, uh, you know, I was, I was sitting here trying to think of the, you know, what are the relevant topics that we need to talk about? And, and the number one, I think, topic right now, is uh, everyone's kind of concerned about what's going to happen when some of these uh, position players come off the IL and and you know Duggar is scheduled to come off the IL soon so is Lamont Wade Jr. Uh, but we don't have a lot of space on the 26 man for that and you know particularly when you're talking about people with options I mean you know, traditionally the Giants have used options to shuttle people back and forth between Sacramento and and San Francisco, and uh, but this year there there are not that many who have options. I think you know Yastrzemski, Slater, and and Rookie of the Year candidate Luis Gonzalez are are the three position players that are really the only options. You know, no pun intended, to be optioned, and so. Yeah, I'm just curious, you know, from from your perspective, you know, is it, you know, people have been talking about, is it Lamont Wade Jr. or Luis Gonzalez? Because, you know, they kind of fill the same role. You know, they're both left-handed uh, outfielders. Uh, uh, you know, they, 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 I would say, you know, maybe Lamont Wade Jr. plays a little bit better defense than, than Gonzalez, but uh, Gonzalez has certainly started to play better, I think, defensively as of late. Uh, so... In your mind, is it a Luis Gonzalez versus Lamont Wade Jr., or are there other avenues to getting uh, to keeping Luis Gonzalez on the roster while also adding someone like Lamont Wade Jr.? Yeah, I think it's going to depend on how many outfielders they want to keep. Now, the fact that Lamont Wade can play first base and he can DH, everyone can DH. Yeah, I do. I do wonder if they make an exception because. I mean, you look at the 40-man, and to me, I look at it, obviously, for bats. And I think you know a lot of fans are like, oh, you know, we need the bats. We need the bats, especially when you look at their, uh, their June offense, which has been historically bad. Like, I think, I think I read somewhere, it's like the worst month of offense. You know, you can look at it from a couple different ways. In the history of the team. Is that right? Uh, I missed that. Wow. They're they're hit. They're hitting like two oh seven for the month or something like that. It may, it may be worst batting average ever for for a single month, <laughs> something like that. But I look at the infielders that they have in the forty man. Now they just signed uh, Yermin Mercedes. I don't yep. imagine they signed him with the intention to cut him immediately. But right. you got a couple of other middle infielders there, who, if you cut them loose i'm not sure they necessarily catch on with another team and if they do i'm not sure how many people are going to be too frustrated with that but again this has to do with how the giants value guys who can play multiple positions because the guys that i'm talking about are jason vossler and donovan walton right yeah. Donovan Walton, they you know they picked him up earlier this year. Who knows what his market is? Jason Vosser, I know they like his flexibility. He's come up. He's played well in certain times, and then other times they've just been like, oh, because he's got options, we're gonna we're gonna send him back down. So 
it I, I like the way that I look at it is like, oh yeah, that's easy. Just send one of those guys down. But the way that the Giants look at the situation, they may go, you know, you know what? Guys who can play middle infield or who can play around the infield are just a little bit more too valuable to give up. So that may be a scenario where, like you said, Gonzalez has options and maybe they send him back down for a little bit, just assuming that someone else is going to get hurt because they have the oldest team in baseball. <laughs> and and it, it, that that might be the right way to do it. Like I'm looking at it as like, we need now, you know, we need, we need the bat now. So I, I, I mean, I think you, you can probably send Gonzalez down much like they did Wade Jr. last year when right. Brandon Belt came back from being hurt. And then Wade was back up like a couple weeks later from what I remember uh, because they, they had room for him because someone else got hurt. So I think they will probably try to do their best to not DFA anybody and play with, uh, w w with the option that they have with Gonzalez. On The only thing that I kind of think about, though, is like he's literally their best player right now. <laughs> like, I mean, jo Jock <laughs> Peterson's having, a, having a, a pretty decent month, and he's having a really solid year. But Gonzalez is the guy who's on base, and you see him running around, and he's scoring, and you look at him and you go, man, you know, he's really kind of the spark plug of the team right now. So to let that go and to put, you know, to let him go back down, that, that, that's, that, that, there's some risk there because the team has been so flat offensively this month, and he's kind of the one spark plug. Yeah, and yeah, I, I agree with you. I think what happens when Wade Jr. struggles, you know, and, and all of a sudden, you know, you've got you one of your, the guy who has been one of your best players in, in Sacramento. And uh, so, but I, I think to your point, the Giants aren't in the business of getting rid of good players. Right. And, and so, you know, when facing the choice between, you know, DFAing a good player or sending a guy down because he has options, I think the, the Giants are, are more, more likely to go with the, the sending Luis Gonzalez down. I, I also feel like in the back of my mind that all this is a do about nothing because someone's going to get hurt. <laughs> I think that's how they probably think about it, too. Yeah. And I think they're trying to kind of extend this out as long as they can. Uh, you know, so, uh, you know, but I and, and someone like, yeah, I know they don't play the same positions, but it would open up a spot as like Longoria or La Stella, you know, guys that have been kind of dinged up who aren't really performing all that great. And, and maybe they give them a little, you know, you know, 10, 15 days, 10 days, you know, to, to kind of, you know, get right. seems like they've been doing that a lot with on the pitching side. So, you know, why not, why not on, on the hitting side? I just, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, and then Duggar coming back, you know, just adds one. a whole yeah. other level, right? That's one more guy. And I think, yeah, we could, we could find guys on the 40 man, to to get rid of and Duggar actually has an option because they gave him like a red shirt option because of all of his injuries that he had. So, you know, I mean, conceivably you could have Duggar and Gonzalez being in Sacramento and and which is just weird, you know, I, I, but it's a good problem to have. Right. I mean, having too many good players. I mean, remember, you know, a few years ago when we had, uh, you know, I mean, our starting outfielders were guys that you were like that seemed like they'd picked up at the local flea market. You know, so <laughs> so I feel like, you know, we're in a position now where, you know, the Giants have enough talent on their 40 man that the, every every decision is painful. And, and and that's a good problem to have, right? Yeah, it's a good problem to have. Uh, I'm sure in some perverse fashion, Zadie probably sees it as this great puzzle that he can figure out, right? Like he's kind of the, you know, he's the evil genius <laughs> the when it comes to that stuff. So, uh, and, you know, there's some relievers on the 40 man who I think that they value very highly. Uh, who are younger, who if they tried to sneak through waivers would probably get snatched up just because, you know, everyone's looking for guys who throw high 90s, right? And, the, and, and those would be the guys who they would probably try to sneak through. So it's a great problem to have, but I think it's a problem that they're probably considering like, okay, so here's another one, right? You don't want to put Brandon Crawford on, on an injured list. Um, you don't want to put Luis Gonzalez on an injured list, but... Let's say if Wade was able to come up today and Gonzalez just had the back tightness issue, maybe mm -hmm. he goes immediately to the DL and they go, okay, we've, you know, we're, we, we've sort of answered this or solved this problem for the next 10 to 15 days. And then when he's healthy, then we'll see who else is hurt. And maybe we, you know, then, then we adjust then. So 
you know, I'm sure they're just going to wait until the absolute last minute until they have to make some of these decisions. Yeah, and you're right. Maybe there's that old back tightness, you know, you know, dead shoulder stuff comes, you know, biting was, the, the position players. What was yeah. the Barry Zito injury? Like, there was a Barry Zito injury from, like, you know, one of the World Series years where, they, like, he just came down with this phantom injury just so that they could stash him on the DL so that they could bring up somebody. There was It's, it's, it's one of the more famous ones. I can't remember what the injury was, though. Yeah, I, I, I want to say, yeah, I don't remember. I... I I want to say he was in a car accident at one one time. I don't know if that was related to to the IL, but uh, um, yeah, I mean, it's at least it's not like you know, I, I, yeah. I mean, there's there's lots of different weird injuries that we can get into, but I think that uh, I also feel like you know the those guys that you mentioned, you know, the middle infielders like uh, uh, you know Donovan Walton and and then um, uh, Jason Vossler. You know, Vossler in particular has been pretty darn good whenever he's played, especially this year for for the Giants. He's a really, you know, re- I think he's been a really valuable player over the last two years with, you know, just the the, the versatility that he brings and that he's able to come up and contribute. And then they send him back down. I and mean, last year he was optioned nine times, you know, during the season. And, you know, can't do that anymore. Right. right? I mean, so, so, but, you know, I think that just shows you the value that he had as far as kind of yo-yoing back and forth and, and providing quality at bats when he was, and good defense while he was there. But and Donovan Walton kind of plays the same role. I mean, they traded a real guy for him. It wasn't like they picked him up off the heap. They actually traded for him. Uh, but then you see, like you know, the the, the Giants DFA'd Michael Papierski this yeah. week, and you know that was a you know they traded Dubon. You know that yes. was a Dubon. You know, so you know if they trade, they're not they're okay with getting rid of someone like Papierski. Uh, then you know I think Walton and or even Vossler is certainly an option to to be to be DFA'd as well. Well, it's a great point though. The reason they traded Dubon is because he was out of options and they were crunched. So that that could be an option, right? That could be another angle is to trade, you know, whether it's, you know, one of these relievers or somebody like that, or, you know, I mentioned uh, uh, Vossler. The Barry Zito injury, by the way, I found it. 2011, he goes on the DL uh, uh, with a mid foot sprain. His fastball was down to 82 miles an hour <laughs> in in the first start of the season. And oh no no no, I'm sorry. He was 0 and 2 with a 6.23 ERA in three starts and it allowed them to bring up Ryan Vogelsong. Oh wow. Yeah, see, you, you, know, you never know. You know, someone's uh, someone's mid uh, mid foot pain <laughs> is someone else's career, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, and you know, you brought up your mean Mercedes uh, getting added to the roster. I mean, that's just it's funny how like just when you think that there's like they're full, right? I mean, the roster is full. There's just no more moves. You know, Zaidi's like, no, 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 no. There's you know, we're we're gonna go get this guy, and and I mean, talk about upside. You know, with you, your mean Mercedes. I mean, he was. You know, one of the most talked about rookies last year uh, when he started off the season, he was so hot. And, uh, uh, you know, but uh, so there's upside there. Yeah. Uh, defensively, you know, my actually Ben texted me when that happened and he's like, what position does he play again? And I'm like, well, it says first baseman <laughs> slash DH. So I'm assuming I'm assuming that he's not playing defense. Right. And uh, and and so I you know, it'll be interesting because they that there's certainly I mean, he's got a catching background. Right. So he can yeah, you know, they yeah. brought him up. They'd have two and a half catchers, you know, and uh you know, he would definitely be in the in the mix there. So, definitely has a little bit of versatility that we don't have or we haven't had before. Uh, so I don't know. Do you think we'll see him? So, so Brad and I, we have a text thread with both of my sons, who are uh, one of them's about to turn twenty three here in six days, and the other one's just he turned twenty one last November. So, we we kind of go back and forth and just keep each other alert about Giants news and, and what's going on with the Giants. So. We, uh, my, I think my son had tweeted that or had uh, texted us that, you know, they signed him. And so I go, oh, I, doesn't he have like a catching background? And then he immediately replies and says something to the effect of, yeah, he kind of says he doesn't want to catch anymore. And I was like, <laughs> with the lack of catching depth in the big leagues, the best way to get to the majors is to be a catcher. And this guy is like, eh. I'm good. I'll, like you said, I'll be the first baseman slash DH. And if the Giants do bring him up, uh, what do they have? Like 14 DHs? Like, 
you know, and, and, and so like many five DHs. first basemen, right? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's it's another Zadie-ish problem that I'm sure he he sees as this jigsaw puzzle that he's going to figure out. But yeah, I don't know. At some point, uh, as a fan, I feel like it's going to catch up with them. But I also feel very confident that Zadie's got this master plan and he's, he's got it all figured out. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. If I, I, I may be right on on uh, one account more than the other, uh, but I hope it's the fact that Zadie has this all figured out. Yeah, I, 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 I've gotten to the point now where I talk about in Zaidi we trust. You know, I feel like he's he's earned that over the last uh, couple of years. But there are times where I'm like, okay, now what are you going to do? And yeah. and I think we're all sitting there, kind of scratching our heads, like, how do you, how do you find room for 43 guys on a 40 man roster? And and you know, the trade deadline is coming up. Uh, you know, we've got a little over a month before the the trade deadline, and so. And, and I think he went on record as saying that you could see a trade sooner rather than later. So that could be the solution, right? I think that there's, uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, he packages somebody and maybe even a Joey Bart or something like that. Now that he's, you know, I, I don't know, but, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's definitely some room there to, to make, to create some space, um, but but again, there's only five outfield positions in the outfield. So I don't know, Duggar and Wade Jr. and Luis Gonzalez. I mean, you're not getting rid of Jock at this point, um, although, you know, he's a platoon. But on the strong side platoon, you're not getting rid of Yastrzemski. You know, Ruff, uh, while, you know, he's had his ups and downs, is still a pretty, con- you know, pretty good contributor. So yeah. you still got two spots for three guys. And I just, um, I don't know where that's where that's headed. But that's why we and, watch and the I don't game. Know if you- yeah, I don't know if you read this, but uh, the Giants are the slowest team in baseball. <laughs> yes, and and I, I I didn't realize this, but it's something like uh, like out of the slow guys, Darren Ruth is the fastest of the slow guys. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's something to hang your hat on, right? Yeah, yeah I'm slow, yeah. but I'm the fastest of the slow like, guys. And, and it would actually surprise you a couple of guys who are like slower on the slower end of the slow guys. Brandon Crawford, he's like one of the slowest guys on the team. And this guy is your gold glove shortstop. That's kind of amazing. Yeah, you know, you say that. And I don't know if you remember a few weeks ago, Kapler kind of hinted that there was some players on the team that weren't in good shape. Yeah. And there was speculation that he was talking about Crawford. Yeah. And and so I, yeah, I mean, it doesn't surprise me that to hear that he's that slow because he he does not look like the uh, the, the fleetest of feet. And um, so, yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. And I just, you, I wonder if that played into it. You know what it reminds me of, though? And... <laughs> This is kind. Of, this is because you can watch a guy. Thankfully, we've had Crawford since he was a rookie. And he's played his entire career so far, and I hope that he retires uh, as as a San Francisco Giant. But, and I'm not saying that he is Derek Jeter. Derek Jeter is a, probably a class higher than than Brandon and Crawford. But at the end of Derek Jeter's career, it was sort of similar. Like the guy couldn't run. His Brandon Crawford is a much better defender at his age than Derek Jeter was at the same age. But, you know, the same thing. He's slower. People are sort of making excuses for him when he would make bad plays. And, you know, I think I think for to Crawford's uh, defense, you know, he's probably more banged up than he would be willing to say. I mean, playing shortstop is not easy. Like you don't see guys play that position for that long like a lot of these guys get moved to third base or to first base and he's still playing shortstop uh having to cover a lot of ground because the giants have put some terrible defenders around him like pablo <laughs> you know back this was a long time ago this was probably like 2009 2010 actually you know what it was 2010 because that was the season where where pablo had gained the weight and people were giving him crap for gaining all the weight and i i was watching a game and me and my buddy we were, I think we were high. So we were kind of just watching. You know, sometimes when you're high, you're looking for other stuff and you're looking at defense. And I was like, wow, you know, Pablo is not covering a lot of ground and they're not even expecting him to cover a lot of ground. <laughs> the way that they're just positioning him, it's kind of like, okay, you just take care of this side of things and Crawford is going to get to everything else. And I was like, I didn't, you, you know, you don't really see that on television. So he's been asked to do so much for the infield defense that 
you know, at some point he is going to get older and his body is going to break down. And I, I'm sure that's some of what what is the issue. Uh, but hopefully, you know, he can he can withstand a little bit. And uh, I know he got hurt yesterday with that funky slide at, at home. Uh, yeah. Thankfully, he wasn't hurt more than than what he was, which it looks like he may even be able to play tomorrow. But, uh, yeah. you know, just stuff like that happens and you go, oh. You know, this is this is kind of frustrating, but I, there's also a reason for it, and it's because he's been a stalwart on this team for so many years. Yeah, well, and at that point, I think if something were to happen to Crawford, you know, it, it would change the whole dynamic of the infield. Like, who do you bring up? You know, you got Tyro Estrada would obviously have to, sl- you know, slide over to shortstop. Listella has proven with his Achilles that he can't really play second base every day. So what, you got Vossler, I guess, would be the next man up or or Walton, I guess, depending on how they, you know, righty or lefty or how they wanted to do that. But so it, the Giants it, did something interesting that kind of wasn't really high on the radar I think it was last week, maybe in the week oh, before. Are you talking about Will Wilson? Will Wilson, they brought him up to AAA, and it's not like he was destroying AA or anything. And I wonder if that was semi-strategic because they were a little worried about Crawford that they may have to rest him at some point. And at least, you know, maybe you trust Wilson to play that position more than you trust Estrada to play that position. Yeah, well, that's a good point. I think, you know, Wilson, if you recall, listeners, I mean, he was the guy that the Giants pretty much bought Right. Yes. Uh, you know, as as, uh, as when they 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 took his on his salary or they took on somebody else's salary. I can't I remember think who it was, was with the, the Angels. Was it Zach Cozart? Is that? Yes. Who it was? Good. Good call. Yes, it was. It was go. Zach Cozart's uh, salary. They took him and never played an inning for the Giants in any respect. They just took on his salary. And then because they wanted Will Wilson, who was a first round draft pick the year before and is you know one of the top prospects now with the Giants. So another Zaidi move. Right. And that's mm-hmm. just how they do it. Do things differently. All right. Well, I think we've covered that topic a lot. Uh, you know, we could probably keep going on and on. But another question I wanted to ask you, and I was I was reflecting on on this this season in particular, and and you and I are both longtime Giants fans, so we know what suffering is, right? I mean, we we <laughs> yeah. know we know what bad teams look like. We know um, what a, a long season can be. You know, when when our teams aren't playing well. Last year was 107 wins, the most in Giants history, both New York and San Francisco history. Uh, and so there was bound to be a little bit of letdown, you know, from from oh, that sure. season. As of yesterday, they were on pace to win 92 wins. Yet you wouldn't really know that, right? I mean, it's I think if you, if if I were to ask you ahead of let's say between let's say last year, I would say, hey, hey, Garrett, you think Giants going to win 92 games with that year. You cool with that? I mean, you'd be cool with that, right? I mean, 92 wins is a good season. That probably gets you into the playoffs. Yes, yes. Yet it feels different, you know, this year. Should should we care about that? Is it because we had 107 wins? What is your thought on that? Yeah, it is the thing that is really going to test the... the this, this may be a little harsh, but I feel like it almost tests the intelligence of Giants fans. <laughs> and and I go back to 2010, and I very clearly remember this. So Giants were playing pretty good, and then there was a stretch where the Padres just passed them. And then they had to come back, and then they had to c- catch the Padres again. And it kind of looked like they weren't going to be able to do it. And I remember this. This is in the very beginning of Giants Twitter, by the way. This is like, you know, Twitter <laughs> yeah. is kind of picking up and – you know, I'm meeting people from Twitter who only because we're both Giants fans and we were doing these tweet ups with Giants folks. And so I remember this one guy, the Giants had lost like another back breaking game. And he tweets, I am almost sure this is the last time he tweeted too. It was something to the effect of, I can't do it anymore. I quit. I gave up. This team broke me. And it was like, you know, but the season wasn't even over yet. And he, he was tweeting this. And I thought I was like, it's kind of stuck in the back of my craw. And I was like, wow, you know, this team has really broken the hearts of, <laughs> of so many fans to the point of they're actually kind of good. And it's not good enough because, you know, they're still losing in, in ways that make their fans frustrated. And I sort of look at this season in that way, in that you're going to have a lot of fans who are overly frustrated with this team because they have 107 win expectations on them. And that's not to say that I'm, I, I don't have high expectations. You know, Brad and I are nitpicking on, on things all the time, but 
at the end of the day, when you add that third wild card, what it does is it, it kind of relieves a little bit of that pressure because you look at what the Braves did last year and you're like, oh, it's just literally getting there and not killing yourself in getting there and you have a shot. Because the Giants and the Dodgers just destroyed each other in that first that five game series. And then the yeah. Dodgers were like, you know, buzzer toast for, for, yeah, for the Braves. And so it's 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 almost like, you know, if if you're so they both teams were just trying so hard to win that division and we're just winning every single game that they probably just wore each other out. And so that gives me a little bit of perspective of like, oh, let's let's get there and let's be healthy when we get there. And let's not hopefully they didn't kill it themselves to get there. And then you just see what happens. But at the same time, I'm like everybody watching you know, uh, a couple Sundays ago when the Giants are about to sweep the Dodgers and then all of a sudden the Dodgers are coming back and Estrada makes an error, throws the ball away or whatever. And you're like, oh my gosh, why does it always... And then you have to remember like, oh, they're playing with house money. They won the first two games. Like, let's calm down a little bit. But yeah. because of this history of you and I as Giants fans, like even winning 10, 12, and 14, fantastic. But that doesn't erase the pain that I felt in 2002, you know, like that pain is still there. So totally. it's just like we, we are going to reflect on moments like that because of, of how horrible it was. Uh, but also that's part of having high expectations. And I'm, and I'm sure, you know, uh, not to bring the Warriors back up, uh, but, you know, I will. Th they went through um, after they lost in 2019. They went through one really one season of being the worst team in the NBA, and then even last year they didn't make the playoffs. And so, as Warriors fans, we were just like, "What's going on? We're so used to them making the finals every single season. What is going on?" <laughs> and so then this 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 year they win the title again, and you're like, "Oh yeah, that's what it feels like." That the, all the hard work and all the you know for fans too. I'm sitting there, you know, my son and I do a, a podcast called The Death Lineup. After every game, we missed a couple during the playoffs, but that was stressful just thinking about it. So, Giants fans, we are a resilient bunch, but we will also get in some dark territory in wins just because that is our history. But that I say all that to say this. The team is good. The only way this team, I think, becomes disappointing is if the age piece catches up. Uh, up with them and that's the thing that is kind of unanswerable and that's the thing that i think if it does uh the front office will will take a lot of a lot of the blame because the one thing that you can't really predict is injuries age is is known <laughs> to be a, a a part of that so people might say well you could predict the injury so that's yeah. my only worry is that the team gets too old and it sort of gets old before before our eyes and then by the time they get to the end of the season, it'll, it'll be done. Uh, I'm hoping that they have this last year. They're, they're, they're running it back. But sooner than later, they're going to have to make some decisions on some of these older players for sure. Oh, absolutely. And, and I think, you know, a 22 year old doesn't have a low, a sore lower back, right? It's, it's the 33 year old, <laughs> the 34 year old that has the sore lo lower back. And, yeah. and, and so me I, at the I, parade. Yeah. That's right. Exactly. You know, <laughs> uh, you know, Duvall is not having a sore back watching the Warriors, uh, you know, parade. You know, it's, it's Garrett that's having that. Um, yes. Yes. So, uh, you know, and, and I, one of the things I've seen on, on Giants Twitter, and it kind of, you, you're talking about this reminds me about, you know, their age reminds me. You know, people are really upset that the Giants haven't spent a lot of money on on free agents, and and you know, and and I try to remind myself that you know, money does not equal success, right? I mean, yes. it's it. There's there's no correlation. I mean, there's some correlation maybe because you're you know you are you are purchasing uh you know when you spend money on a on a on a high end free agent, you're you're you are spending money on someone who has a proven record, uh, but. You know, I think what the Giants have done a good job at is that they have they have found. I mean, with the whole platoon situation, you know, they have found two players that equal a you know a uh, you know a a superstar, right? And so you've got you know last year it was Lamont Wade Jr. and Darren Ruff, you know, and 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 left field was a pretty damn good player, right? Yes. And and so uh, it hasn't been. We haven't clicked quite to that degree this year because of you know I think the various. You know, injuries, but we had the injury bug last year too. And 
And I think that, you know, the, getting back to the money thing, I think Giants fans are, are you know, kind of upset that we haven't spent the money on the free agents. But I think, you know, when Farhan Zaidi took over, I think all of our expectation was, if you recall, was let's write out all these old guy contracts. Let's wait till they're all off the books. And then, you know, there'll be some downtime. You know, maybe they'll go after a big free agent, but then when the, the, the farm system will start to produce. And I think we're still in that, like, you know, these guys are, you know, 2023, 2024 is when some of our farm system is supposed to kind of arrive. And, and, and so I think Zaidi has done a really good job of kind of piecing together a pretty good team on the fly that can be really competitive. I mean, more so than they probably we expected as fans, uh, with the thought that eventually they're going to be supplementing their players with homegrown talent and maybe the one superstar. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm all for, you know, gosh, if Shohei Otani comes available <laughs> after next season, you know, yeah. yeah, let's, let's look at that. Right. Or, you know, but I, I think that I worry like the Gosman, you know, contract, for example, you know, seven years on a 32 year old, you know, or whatever. I, I worry about years four, five, six and seven. You know, I just, you know, one, two and three. I'm sure he's going to be a very good pitcher. But then four, five, six and seven, it handcuffs you in what you can do. And so I I feel like 92 wins is a good trade off for this kind of uh, nebulous area where we're at right now well we're, we were kind of in that in-between zone waiting for the farm system to produce and yet still trying to be competitive and um so i think you know giants fans need to understand that we're just we, we have to be a little bit patient and we're very fortunate that we're competing we're, we're fielding a competitive team uh in a time when we're supposed to be in transition you know and and you know i mean just thank goodness i mean just think of your cincinnati reds fan or a washington nationals fan i mean you know those guys are are suffering right now and yet we're sitting in a playoff position right now so i i the 92 win thing i just i try to the reason i asked that question is i just try to kind of remind myself that that's a good season and yes. uh and and we we are okay right now um sure i'd like to have a little bit more buffer between us and atlanta milwaukee st louis but you know last year the division came down to the last game of the season um i feel like you know playoff spots don't come easy no matter what and so you know yeah we're we're tight but you know we're not going to win 107 games and run away with it put this in perspective the 1989 giants which were which was for you know for us like oh wow that you know they could yeah. be a really good team they won 92 games so <laughs> So, you know, that now they didn't have the you know the 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 27 Yankees uh wannabe LA Dodgers ahead of them, but still, like that was that's one of the best teams that uh, uh that didn't win a title for the Giants in our lifetime, right? And that was right, a really yeah. memorable team. One so, of my all-time favorite teams, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you're 100% right. Fans need to have a little bit more perspective, though. We we want to see them win. Uh, I, and and I think you know that you know the one thing that would have cushioned this for us when when you're talking about this plan of you know when are these guys with this farm system going to be able to blossom when is Luciano coming up you know uh, when is Kyle Harrison like these guys are really young players it's going to be a few years if Joey Bart would have produced there's a little bit of a, a, a of a you know that that that's something to for the fans to go okay. Yeah. This is this is how it works. You just got to be a little patient. But because he didn't perform, and now you know who knows what what's going to happen with him. I hope that he's up uh, by the end of the year and and can produce and and can still play. But you know that 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 would have been one. You you could have you could have given one to the front office there. Now they didn't draft him, but they've been very they've been propping him up as kind of you know here's the next guy. And and he just hasn't performed, and he I mean he in, in some instances he looked like he was so overwhelmed that you kind of wonder is if some of this is, is more than just physical, but that would have been the one where people would have said oh okay like we get it like we can we can kind of be a little bit more patient with this, but because he faltered now you're like okay you know people are ready to just end his career and be like okay let's trade for a catcher you know let, let's what's the long term thing who can we get who can we trade for. And it's just like, man, that was that is that happened so fast that Joey Bart just could not hang in the in the bigs. 
Yeah, no, and, and I think you know, obviously spoiled because we had a decade of Buster Posey, and so it's you know, we welcome to the real world, right? I yes. mean, this is you know, our catching position right now is actually better than most teams. Yeah, uh, and and so it's just it, you know, catcher is a really tough position, and I hope Joy Bart comes back too. I I, I personally have my doubts um, because he wasn't a Farhan Zaidi, you know, this administration draft pick. I, I would be surprised if if he comes back. But you're right. It's 100 percent mental. I have a master's degree in sports psychology and you could just tell that it's it's not about it's not physically. Physically, he can do it. It's uh, he is. He needs some time. And, and I hope he gets it. I hope he, I hope he figures it out. Yeah. So the last thing I wanted to ask you um is, you know, looking at this team, you know, because it does have its flaws. And uh, last year, the bullpen was a strength of of the Giants, um, you know, especially as the team evolved and and grew. I think the, you know, the, everyone found their roles and and it, you know, we had a really strong, I think, bullpen up and down. This year has been a little bit more of a hit or miss, you know, and and we've had some guys struggle um, you know, Latell yesterday giving up the home run. You know, there's just things that things that have didn't happen last year are now happening this year. So, you know, that's that's a, a an aspect I think that that merits some concern. And then the other the flip side though is that our offense has been um less consistent, right? I mean, um, you know, there was a lot to be done, said about these uh about you know, I think they hit like 14 home runs in a row that were all solo home runs, right? No no multi home runs. And we were struggling to score runs. And I know my personal observation and and I haven't looked it up on the stats or anything like that, but it just seems like they'll put up two or three runs in an inning and then they'll go like seven or eight innings of nothing, right? <laughs> and it just it, it's so I guess my question to you is, you know, with those two things in mind, bullpen struggling a little bit more compared to last year, offense being a little bit less predictable, do we need help? You know, and and do you see uh, a trade being made uh, to bolster one of those areas? Yeah, that you know the fact that you yeah, I mean you mentioned this, which is who who you know that they, they haven't gone for that big guy, and I know last year they did trade for Bryant, and 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 maybe. You know that 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 was a that was a trade to get to the World Series like that. They they made that trade because they thought, okay, maybe we need one guy to help us get over that hump. And I don't I don't blame them for that trade at all. Like that's what big you gotta swing teams, for it, right? You gotta swing. <laughs> yeah, that's what big teams do. They go for it. So I'm not I was not bothered by that at all. But I'm not convinced that that is a game plan that you could keep going back to is to trade younger players for an older player who you may not re-sign in, you know, when he's a free agent, which is why I would rather see them go after some of the free agents. It's like spend the money, your payroll is up, but at least you're not giving up players to get this person. You're just giving up money. Um, and so, you know, losing out on Giancarlo Stanton and Bryce Harper and guys like that, at least they were in the mix but even like losing out on a Seiya Suzuki, who I, I, from what I understand, you know, he just really liked Chicago, which is which is great. But, uh, you know, losing out on him, may, maybe with an extra two or three million dollars, maybe Chicago's not as great. You know, it's that kind of thing, because they <laughs> yeah. have the money. Like that is not the problem with this team. I think the yeah. problem is exactly what you said, which is they don't want to have these. They don't want to be handcuffed by some of these contracts, you know, the Matt Cain and Hunter Pence contracts, where by year four and five, they're they're not even replacement level players, and so then you're ha- you're hamstrung. Jeff Samarja, Johnny Cueto. I mean, there's been a whole list of those, right? So that is the fear, and I know it's not necessarily en vogue for agents to take short deals, unless there's a question mark, like with Rodon, like they were able to mm-hmm. get Rodon on a shorter deal because there's a question mark of these teams who you know, would have signed him for five years if they were confident that his shoulder would hold up. So they're in this weird spot. And and in some instances, you know, you kind of want them to take a swing. Uh, would, is that Gossman? I'm not sure if that was Gossman because I, I watched the second half of Gossman last year and thought, you know, he faltered a lot in that second half. Mm-hmm. So I'm not convinced. But then again, he's having a great first half again for Toronto. So maybe, you know, we'll see. We'll see in the second half. Maybe it was a mistake for the Giants to not go after him. I would I, I would love to see them attack the free agent market. And I know the trade deadline is like this, like, you know, it's this extra key that, that you can you can go to 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 
improve your team very quickly, but there's a cost, there's a risk that is more than just money. And that's, that's a little, one that's a little bit harder to swallow, but yeah, you know, I don't, I don't see them being making a big splash and maybe some of that will have to do with, you know, Bryant and maybe Bryant didn't pan out the way that they wanted him to. But uh, I think they're going to make some. The, the, I think they'll be fine making some smaller deals, and it'll probably be these guys who play multiple positions and fit the the prospect of who's a, who who's eighty likes. But yeah, I don't see them going after a big splash in, in in the trade deadline. I do expect them to make some bigger bigger attempts in the free agent market, though. I just mm-hmm. I think it's got to be the right guy. Like if they thought Gossman was, um, you know, Scherzer five or six years ago, I think they would have totally went for a five-year deal, but they probably yeah. think that there's a little bit of, for lack of a better word, there's a little bit of fraud in, in Gossman, uh, at least you know coming out in the end of that contract. So I don't blame yeah. them for that, but you, you kind of look at it and you go, you guys got the money. There's not a money thing. So hopefully this, you know, the, the way that they do it, hopefully it works out in the end because I know fans like me are frustrated that, you know, because we had uh, Jeff Young from around the Foghorn on the day after the strike ended, or not not the strike, the, the lockout ended, and we were just like, okay, we had you know we had this roster of guys who the Giants should go after, and uh, you know and I think they Carlos they got they, they got Rudon, yeah, yeah they they got Rudon <laughs> who was on that list, and then they got Jock who was at the bottom of that list, so. Yeah, well, and it shows what we know, right? Jock Peterson having you know an All Star yeah. type season, yeah, so he's in, he's he's in the running for to start in the All Star game. Yeah, and and I think you know sometimes the smaller moves are are just as important. I think you know it's it's nice when we go after a name or someone that's big, but then yeah, I remember last year the giant or the Giants went after what they got Tony Watson late, mm-hmm. um, who ended up being a really big you know key component of the bullpen you know towards the end of the season, and and so. You know, I think those are are the types of, of moves that Zaidi likes to make, you know, where you're tinkering on the back end, making your team stronger, uh, but not necessarily a big splash. Um, you know, on the other hand, if it's a Wilson Contreras or, you know, or if it's someone, you know, a big name that uh, they can extend all of like the giant Dodgers did with Mookie Betts or someone like that, then, you know, yeah, the Giants are in a position to do that because they've, they've got the the payroll flexibility right now to, to spend. And so, yeah, I. I think just this next month is going to be really fascinating with how how that all comes to part because you know with the as we talked before with the 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 fact that we don't have room for Duggar, Wade and and uh Gonzalez, you know, maybe those are trade packages that we, you know, we use to 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 get somebody else that we're going to lose anyway, right? So it's not really a it's not really a loss in your in your farm system when you know you don't have enough room for everybody, especially guys that are on the 40 man. So to, I guess to it'll get- be to get back to your point about the bullpen versus the offense thing, the offense, I know that the Giants still score runs, and I know some of the statistics and some of the analytics actually show them to be better than what the fan, you know, what I'm seeing yeah. with my eyes. Yeah. But I, I do think there's going to be opportunities for them to trade for bullpen arms. There's a lot of guys, you know, hard, which is what everyone wants, the hard, hard throwers, you know, who, who throw one inning, because I, I do think. Tyler Rogers, way more of a sixth inning pitcher than an eighth inning pitcher this year. Duvall is still very young. You saw the frustration yesterday when he yeah, gave throwing the his glove, run, yeah. throwing the glove, and I and I know Kapler wasn't happy about that, but they do have a couple of guys like Brebbia is pitching very well. Um, yeah. Sling and Sammy Long is pitching <laughs> very well. But then there are other guys, like you said, uh, um, I think it's Alvarez who, who had to go in the DL. He wasn't pitching very well. Latell struggling been, a little bit. Yeah. not been pitching well. So, you know, that stuff, sometimes there are you – know, you can't just expect the same result. You just throw those guys out there again. Like some of these guys, you know, there's now there's more tape on them or more video on them. Now they know how to attack these guys a little bit more. Maybe they're – ace pitch that got them through certain innings last year. Maybe it's not as good this year. So there's a lot of variables there. But I do think one of the easy fixes through the trade deadline might be bullpen arms. But I also think those bullpen arms, because everybody wants them, will probably be a little bit more of a higher price to get them just because everybody wants those, you know, those dependable arms they can count on with the way that baseball works today. And the Giants do that more than any other team when it you know radon throws his six innings hits his hits pitch 98 boom he's out and that you know that's how a lot of these teams are 
Right. Yeah. And I think that, uh, you know, the, the price is going to go up too, because more teams are in it, right. With that extra playoff spot. And, uh, so fewer, fewer, fewer teams are going to be selling yes. more teams going to be buying. I think they're like looking at it right now. There are 10 teams in the national league that are within three games of a playoff spot. So, uh, you know, you're not going to get a whole lot of, of, of people wanting to sell. So the price will definitely go up. Um, yeah. And, and with the offense, you know, we've got Austin wins now, so, um, you know, we don't need any more, we don't need any more offense. Right? You know, he's our, he's our DH and our catcher and he's doing it all. So, you know, we're, you know, problem solved there. Uh, but yeah, I, and, uh, so we're coming up on an hour here. Uh, been, um, man, man time has flown. Uh, um, just looking ahead at, at next week, uh, we got Cincinnati at home Friday, Saturday. So obviously we got to finish the Atlanta series, which is an important one. But just looking at next week, we got Cincinnati Friday, Saturday, Sunday at home, hoping to avenge our series loss that we had in, in May. That was just ridiculous. Losing you know, the Reds are have lost five in a row as of today. They're twenty three and forty four, last in the National League Central. We should be destroying this team at home, and uh, and, and you know there is really no. I mean, two out of three for sure. Uh, but I think, you know, that's a team that you look at that we need to really dominate. And then we have a two game series against the Detroit Tigers on Tuesday and Wednesday of next week. Another uh, team playing pretty poorly. Yeah. Two and eight in their last 10, 26 and 42, uh, record. Uh, it's the homecoming for Spencer Torkelson. There you, uh, go. you know, uh, he's a Sonoma County kid. So I know there's gonna be a lot of excitement around my area for him coming, uh, coming back to the Bay area. Uh, but again, you know, the team that we should we should beat. And so uh, short two game series. So you never know. But uh, looking, you know, we, we have to solve. I think we have to at least split the next two games with Atlanta and then come back and take business at home. So we'll see how that, how that all shakes out. Yeah, that that's my frustration with some of this is, you know, they, they can go out and sweep the Dodgers. And some of that, some of those games was the Dodgers having really bad luck as well like there were opportunities for them to win but you go and you sweep the dodgers and then it's like all right we're about to go on a run like we're gonna sweep kansas city we're gonna sweep (laughs) pittsburgh they're gonna win 10 in a row and they're gonna get back into this race and then you know they let the gas they let the foot off the gas in that third game with the royals they lose that game then they got swinsky against pittsburgh he gets three jacks and you know, Trevor Trevor Rogers or uh, Tyler Rogers gives up that home run uh, to lose the game, and so it's just like, oh, like I just wish they would be a little bit more going for the throat. But it's also why I don't manage Major League Baseball. This is a long season. You don't, you know. But <laughs> I, I would like to see them, you know, really just come out and, and mash some of these teams. But they kind of just play this game where it's like, okay, yeah, you know, we're gonna play and then we're gonna win late. But man, I, I want to see them go on a run. I, I don't feel like they've had some some solid winning streaks, but they haven't had a run like uh, last year where you're just like, I, I don't yeah. have to watch this game. They're going to win. Yeah. And and agreed. that's what was so fun about last year. Now, obviously, when you win that much, but I also don't feel like they are going to destroy the teams that they need to destroy. Uh, it always feels like you know, maybe they let the foot off the gas for whatever reason and not saying that obviously it's not purposeful, but you know, yeah, they're, they're, you know, the, the Cincinnati's and the revenge of Zach Cozart and, you know, Pittsburgh and Kansas city, like they should be running through these teams and they're, they're, they're getting, they're, they're beating some of these guys, but not, not convincingly like I want them to. Yeah. And this is the time, right? Our schedule, I think is one of the easiest right now over the next uh, few weeks. And so we need to take advantage of that uh, for sure. Uh, just as a little side note, Giants uh, are actually the game has started. Jastrzemski uh, hit a home run in the first inning. So the Giants lead one to nothing after one inning. So a uh, good start there. Hopefully we can continue that. Uh, Garrett, it's been fun talking with you. Uh, can you tell our listeners where they can find you? Yeah. So, you know, my, my co-host Brad and I are college buddies. And I talked him into doing a podcast after years and years and years. It was during the pandemic. And he, I finally broke him. And we started doing the Thompson to Clark podcast. And we've now, we're at episode 108 will be the next episodes. So we've been doing it uh, for over two years now. It's been a blast. Uh, Thompson, the number two, and Clark is the Twitter handle. And at, on the Twitter handle, you could find us everywhere you know wherever podcasts are uh actually our podcast feed 
is under the Bay Area Sports Podcasting Network. So BSPN is where the podcast fits. We have 49ers podcast. Uh, we have a, a Warriors podcast that I do with my son as well. So all your Bay Area sports uh, at BSPN, Bay Area Sports Network, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm glad glad uh, you got a chance to to you know, talk giants with me today and, you know, appreciate that. Uh, Ben is, uh, you know, freezing his butt off in, in, uh, in Iceland. And I'm assuming I have no idea. I, you know, he, he's long gone. We haven't even talked. He's like, yeah, whatever. Uh, you know, he's, but, uh, you know, I, I appreciate you coming on, on today. Uh, uh listeners, you can, uh, find us at, uh, at giant cocktails, both Twitter and Instagram, uh, where we, you can find our recipes for our cocktails and engage with us on Twitter. Have a lot of fun over there during the games. So, you know, join us over there and like and subscribe if you, you know, if you're so inclined. Um, Garrett, thanks again. It's been great. And uh, looking forward to maybe touch a bit with you later in the season. Absolutely. Let's do it. All right. Thanks, guys. And uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Cheers, Garrett. All right. Bye, everybody. Join us next time for the Giant Cocktails podcast. Until then, bottoms up. Bottoms up.